Hi everyone, welcome back to Every Day is Groundhog Day, except for the days when it's not. The one and only podcast devoted to the holiday, Groundhog Day. I'm your host, Michael. On the day that this episode drops, Groundhog Day 2024 is only one week away. I hope you're all excited and have figured out what your holiday plans are. This week, PETA sent a letter to the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club suggesting that they replace Punxsutawney Phil with a giant coin, saying that keeping Phil captive at the library and using him as a weather-predicting prop is not humane. This is not the first time that PETA has suggested abandoning having a live groundhog in Punxsutawney or at other prominent Groundhog Day events. In fact, when Milltown Mel passed away a few years back, PETA suggested that Milltown replace Mel with an animatronic groundhog or a person in a groundhog suit or a tree and not another live animal. And as a matter of fact, there is a large portion of Groundhog Day forecasters that are not actually living animals. And there are a number of reasons why this may be the case. Sometimes it's for ethical reasons. Sometimes it's because of the inability to get a living groundhog or alternative animal. Well, today we're going to be talking about one of those non-living Groundhog Day forecasters, Okanagan Oki, a stuffed plush marmot who has been providing a Groundhog Day prediction since 2022 at Allen Brooks Nature Center in Vernon, British Columbia. That's right. Not only is Oki the first non-living Groundhog Day forecaster we focused on on this show, Oki is also our first international prognosticator, hailing from Canada. The people at Allen Brooks Nature Center use Oki as a stand-in for the actual living marmots who can be found on their grounds, but who are still hibernating on Groundhog Day. On February 2nd, Oki is brought out in front of a crowd at the center, and his handler and the crowd help decide whether Oki has seen his shadow or not. In order to discuss Oki further, I have an interview with the center manager from Allen Brooks Nature Center, Cheryl Hood. Enjoy. Okanagan Oki is a stuffed plush marmot at Allen Brooks Nature Center in Vernon, British Columbia in Canada, who has been providing a weather prediction on Groundhog Day since 2022. I'm here with the center manager from Allen Brooks Nature Center, Cheryl Hood, to talk about Oki. So welcome, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So Oki is a relative newcomer to the prognosticating game. Could you maybe give a little bit of background on Oki and how the prediction ceremony began? Yeah, we uh, thought about Okanaganoki and actually earlier during the beginning of the pandemic and thought about a way to, you know, get people out and come. We are located, Allen Brooks Nature Center is a nature center in Vernon that we have nine acres on the site. So we just wanted a way specifically in the wintertime for families to get up and get out so that they could just come up and see and have some fun. We have a fire, we, we have drinks, and also we just talk about Oki. A lot of this was because as a nature center, we're focused on education. So we really wanted to educate people about the marmots specifically. We have a whole whole bunch of colonies of yellow-bellied marmots at the center. And we just thought it was a great opportunity to talk about them. They're all in hibernation at the moment, as most groundhogs are right now. And it just, again, just so that people will, you know, recognize that there are other things to do within the Okanagan Valley, especially around Vernon, and just educate people about 
about the marmots and the nature and the ecology and sort of why they are. They are new, they are sleeping, but during the summer months, this is what they're up to. So you said there is a bonfire. There's also drinks. I, I was watching some of the earlier predictions. I think there's, is there like coffee, hot chocolate, cider? Is, is that right? Yeah. So we'll have hot chocolate, coffee, an apple cranberry cider. We'll bring cookies up or Timbits in for the people to, you know, m- munch and sort of sit around the fire. When we do the announcement, the, the mayor of Vernon joins us and he's the one that actually does the pronouncement on what's going on as well as this year our MLA is planning to join us as well to also be a part of our event and really it's just for people to come up have fun enjoy the view for where we are and you know again get out close to home and just have fun they can wander the paths they can do what they want and watch and see and just learn what we have so Oki's pretty bashful um, he, he, he actually doesn't say a lot so I really would like everyone who we see Oki is standing here. What does everyone think? Because since Oki's not really going to tell us one way or the other, I don't think I'm seeing his shadow. <laughs> so I, I want everyone's hands up to say, do we see his shadow right now? No. Okay. We're not seeing his shadow right now. All the hands. Up, up. Guess what? We get an early spring. All right. I'll hold it. Uh, oh, joy. I do not see a shadow of me. Me. <laughs> so let me, let us celebrate an early spring. Yeah. Thanks, Oki. Great. I had originally misidentified Oki as a living marmot, and that's part of what brought about this conversation today. Someone had reached out, uh, I believe your communications director had reached out to, to let me know it's actually a stuffed marmot. Was there ever the intention of having uh, one of the, the live marmots or because they are hibernating at this point, it was always planned to be a stuffed marmot? It's always been plan to be a stuffed marmot, harshly in order to ensure for the health of the animal anyways. They need to go into hibernation. There's a sort of a specific routine. We are not, nor do we have the facilities to sort of house a marmot in that capacity and bring them out. And the other thing is, is as a nature center, we really do believe that you should see them in their natural habitat and really not bring them out for a short minute Um, for people to look and see. I mean, they're cute. We love them, but it's just, you know, Groundhog Day and predicting what the weather is, though it's a 300-year-old tradition plus for years. It's a way for people to just sort of know that, you know, there there is a reason why marmots will do it, but as a stuffed toy, we just don't believe to bring out and use a a real animal. Again, because of the stress, how how to keep it healthy and ensure that it's, you know, they belong in the wild for us, and people can come up in the summer months and watch them play. This is just an opportunity for people to have a good time and seeing if winter is going to leave or join us uh, or continue with us at a, you know for a period of time. So how many, what are the crowds like? I know that this is going to be your third year, right? It is, and our crowds are probably around 50 to 75 people. The groundhog events we have mid-morning. We're not sort of more the traditional of the groundhog at sunrise. So people 
people are able to come up, but it's also midweek. Um, and because we're still very new and people are wondering, you know, should I, should not, kids are in school, parents are at work. So it's just, we do get the people up. But one of the things we're also doing as well to engage more of the community is we live stream it. So people can, you know, tune in for the prediction and, you know, have a conversation. And then we, you know, then that's sort of where we go with that. We're hoping to build it this year. We are have a little bit of a collaboration with the Vernon Winter Carnival, which is a 10-day event in Vernon. So it's all over totally different events, different fun stuff. So we're part of sort of that. And this is their opening day is February 2nd. So again, it's just one way for us to bring the people up, get them outside. Winter here is not the same as winter in a lot of other areas. Some days it's colder, but right now it's zero. So we're just, it's just Again, get people out, get people to enjoy and just, you know, really see that if there's opportunities and, you know, believe that we're going to have an early spring, which is what everyone hopes for, except the ski hills. Gotcha. And yeah, that was that was going to be a question I had. What is what is the weather like generally there in the winters? What is if if you do have an early spring, what's that kind of like? Early spring for us really starts moving at the end of February is really when we start getting those warm temperatures and the snow really starts melting but we on average we stay about minus five minus 10 is sort of the weather snow is dependent we have a huge dump right now but it's currently it's raining and it's melting so we have that we also hit the minus 40s for a couple of days earlier in January so but wow. usually minus five minus 10 throughout we'll get you know a fair a fair good dump of snow and again we just you know deal with it shovel it away and then it's melted the yellow-bellied marmots actually start coming out at the beginning of March so they're starting to come out and forage for whatever they can find that's starting to green up and then we start seeing them full force by the mid to end March. By then no there's usually no snow except for what's up on the mountains and the ski hills. Next year will actually be I guess the first time you would have the forecast on the weekend. So I, I imagine you would probably have more people coming next year. But you said that there is a festival that you're you're tying into. It's called the Winter Carnival. Vernon, Vernon Winter Carnival. Yeah, so that that's that's a festival that's been going on for a long time within the community and so it's just Groundhog Day just happens to fall where that timing was. So sometimes prior the past two years, we weren't with the Winter Carnival because we were pre that. But again, we're also our own events and, you know, using a bit of the Winter Carnival splash to sort of say, hey, this is also happening. The weekend event, we're looking at planning it to make it bigger, get people, more people up and do some more things and not just have the prediction, but maybe have some entertainment and have people come up and just enjoy the day. Yeah. Yeah, so I I saw that I think the first year you had someone actually play a song I believe on on a drum. Did you have that last year or anything like that, or do you do you plan on having anything like that this year? We are we we really do hope that we are going to be getting a a, a drummer again this year. The one in the first year was a board member that was able to do the drumming song of welcome. Right now we're trying to work with our local community that you know to get a drummer up but we are we have to follow certain protocols with them to make sure that we have we work in cooperation and collaboration with them so 
Before we get going with the predictions and bringing Oki out, I'm going to invite Gloria to do a quick song drum for us. Hello, everyone. That's my Splatchin name. It's wonderful to be here. This song, I am from Splatchin, but this song that I'm going to sing, just a short version of it, is called the Traveling Song because we're all on a journey. doesn't matter if you're Indigenous or not. We're all on a journey. And when I traveled all across Canada, Canada doing a job, I found that this song was all across Canada, and that was such a wonderful surprise. So here's just a couple of short verses of the traveling song. Uh, there are no words to it. I noticed that both of the ceremonies were outdoors the last two years. Is that the plan again this year? And if there was like snow or some sort of inclement weather, do you have the facilities to have it indoors? Or People are pretty hardy around here, so people will show up for stuff. We do not have a space at the center. We have an interpretive building, but it's really not designed for a capacity of, you know, more than, you know, 15 people at a time within it going through looking at the displays. So we do have the Grasslands Theatre, which is where we do it. Unless we're getting torrential rain for some reason, or we're in the midst of a full blizzard, then we would, you know, have to sort of postpone it and maybe take it someplace and just do a live stream of it um, in a location where we're not getting bombarded, but having the public up would not necessarily be something that people would want to do. We always would leave it up to people if they wanted to come. I don't think we would ever cancel the event. Even at minus 40, as much as people grumbled, they were still outside, oh, you know, wow. doing stuff. But again, everyone knows it's going to come and it'll be nicer as the week goes on. So could you talk a little bit more about the nature center itself. I know you said you have trails, you have an interpretive building. Is that what you said? So Allenbrook's nature center came into being in 2000. It was an idea that came in around 1997, but it, the building and everything else opened officially by 2000. We are located in an old weather station, an Environment Canada and Climate Change weather station that they had. Um, they decommissioned it in the 80s, um, and then it just sort of sat there. So a group of people in the local community thought it was a great place. We sit on a knoll overlooking the valley. So they worked with Environment Canada, got a lease in place. So then it was just the, the development of the centre. So we do have our outdoor spaces are we, we are, we're situated on nine acres of land. We have a path that circles the centre, which walks you through the grasslands that we are actually situated in, in the Okanagan Valley. We have interpretive signs that explain what the plants you're looking at, what you're seeing. There is a marmot city down there as well, where you'll see a whole bunch of marmots and a bunch of rocks so people can walk and look and see that. Then we have a grasslands pond, which usually it will dry up in the summer months, but we do keep it full. Again, it's an educational tool for us where people are able to learn and see what it looks like. It's also the water source for a lot of the wild animals around here. So we get the coyotes and the deer 
deer and uh, you know other animals that come up and drink from it. We have a sundial up here where people can come and you know see and figure out what time of day it is up in the center. And then you can just wander around. We also you know you can walk across a path. You can come up and see in the summer months a great basin gopher snake. You can see yellow belly racers. So we have a lot of snakes up here, uh, reptiles, the furry animals. So when you come back up to the center, we have a small classroom that we have where we host uh, summer camps, we host other events or workshops in that. We have a picnic shelter that people can, you know, look at the view of Okanagan Lake from where we are. The interpretive center itself has two separate rooms. One is the discovery room. So it's a place where you can go through, wander and see and learn about, you know, the animals. We have some taxidermy. So we have bald eagles. We actually have a marmot den display there as well. So people can see and get an idea of sort of what the marmot dens are like. People come up just to watch the marmots. We also have a beehive in the center as well that you can watch the bees and bring in the pollen for honey and stuff. It's just, again, it's all educational. We have a turtle. We also have a snake for people to look as well live. And so they can go through that again, learn about that. The other room is a four-walled mural that takes you through the ecosystems of the North Okanagan grasslands and the alpine. So you start at the marshlands, uh, you move to the grasslands, you get up to subalpine and alpine, the four regions that we have in the area where we are located. So that's really what it is. And there's also, you can go through, look and guess and find all sorts of interesting, the creatures that belong in those areas and you can find them by searching. We even have some bats in there where you have to, you don't see them unless you know where to look for them. Again, it's just about people and educating them about the environment. At the front of the center, if you leave the building, we have interpretive signs up there talking about how the valley came to be through glaciers. This area was volcanic as well at one point. So you can just sort of see and learn about how the area was formed and what you see, as well as you'll see uh, from that point of the three lakes that Vernon is connected to. So you'll see Kalamaka Lake, you'll see Swan Lake, and you'll see Okanagan Lake. So you can just look through the valley and just see from that standpoint. The cool thing is, is Kalamaka Lake is a turquoise lake in the summer months. So it's, uh, yeah, it is pretty stunning. That's pretty. Yeah. So that's sort of the center. Again, we also have a natural playground for kids to play on. So we uh, worked with a local company to get some logs that we sourced locally, and they built this playground of pier stumps, things to crawl through, all sorts of that, as well as with sensory bins for kids to take out wood, pine cones and stuff and play with it in the uh, play area. That sounds pretty cool. Is there any sort of fee to get there? Is it donations? So we are by donation. The organization from the board down to the staff, we all believe that we want it to be accessible to all. So if someone comes up and gives us 25 cents, that's amazing. That's what they can do. Someone can come up and give us $50, which has happened in the past. So it's not what you can give. It's what you can take away from what we do. Granted, as a not-for-profit, we do need revenue. So hopefully that people will sort of donate the suggested donation of $5. But again, you know, it's what they can and are able to afford just to come up and just sit and enjoy and just be and learn. Is there any sort of like yearly membership? Yeah. 
as a not-for-profit, we do sell memberships. So again, we try and keep the memberships, you know, to sort of affordable. So a senior membership is 30, an adult membership is 35, and a family membership for four is 60. Um, so again, it's just trying to be affordable for people. The family membership gives you 15% off summer camps and a couple of other things for the youth. All memberships give you 10% off on our nature shop and some of the activities we do on site, some of the events we do on site, they'll get a discount from that as well, just as an incentive to become a member. Great. I think that's mainly everything I had. Is there anything I missed or anything you want to mention? No, I think it's great. And I really appreciate that you taking time to sort of sit and talk to us and learn a bit about Alan Brooks and our little Groundhog Day event that we do. We're hoping that it expands to become something a little bit bigger and more exciting. But we right now are quite happy with the slow growth of what it is. And again, it's just awareness of, you know, environment, awareness of the marmots and awareness of just coming up and having fun and just enjoying and just hopefully that Oki will be correct in his prediction this year so people can start planning for the spring and summer months. And what time is that ceremony? The prediction is yes. at 10 a.m. Okay. Um, but people can start arriving shortly after 9, 9.30 and they can get their hot chocolate. They can do it. Some speeches that we'll have, then we'll do it and then we'll just sit and talk and chat with people around us. Okay, sounds great. I'll definitely be checking out the live stream. Thanks again for talking to me. Yeah, you bet. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's the interview. Thanks again to Cheryl Hood for speaking with me about Oki and the Allen Brooks Nature Center. Over at CountdownToGroundhogDay.com, the voting is open for our art contest. Check out the submissions and vote for your favorite. The winners will be announced on Groundhog Day Eve. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Groundhog Day is next week. We're now tracking over 50 public events. Check out the list, and if you can, go support your local forecaster. The Groundhog Day season actually kicks off this weekend, with a handful of Groundhog Day forecasters giving their predictions on Saturday, January 27th, including Tinicum Tim and Benny the Bass. How do you plan on celebrating the holiday? At my house, we always make groundhog cupcakes, have a groundhog sock puppet forecasting ceremony in the backyard, and try to watch Groundhog Day, the movie. I'm also planning on making my way out to at least one prognostication ceremony on Groundhog Day. I'd love to know what your Groundhog Day plans are. Send me an email or voice recording to podcast at countdowntogroundhogday.com. And that's it for today. Music for this show was written by the hibernating Breakmaster Cylinder. Show artwork is by Tom Mike Hill. Transcripts are provided by Abilene Malik at thewordery.com. If you want to learn more about Groundhog Day, visit countdowntogroundhogday.com. Any feedback or voice messages can be sent to podcast at countdowntogroundhogday.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.